Evidence and Answers. The movies present powerful ideas that influence and reflect the ideas of the culture. But how do we discover the story and the theme? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today's message was taught by Pat and was recorded at our recent Hawaii Apologetics Conference. This conference is hosted each year by Pat. Pat presents many renowned Christian apologists and international speakers, all experts in their field. This year's theme was Apologetics That Connects. If you're unable to hear this study, all of our broadcasts are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Now here's Pat with part two of his message entitled, Connecting with Hollywood, How to Watch a Movie. Hey, if the hero does not change, then the movie becomes a tragedy. All the movies follow this kind of storyline. Hey, if you think through all the movies, this is the storyline that's followed here. So this is the storyline in all the movies. You discover these elements in the movies and you will discover the story of the movie. Okay? And you can begin to unpack it and understand the message that the writer is trying to give and then you know, have a good critique of the movie. It's great when you leave a movie and you're looking at your buddies saying, how'd you like the movie? You know, and before, you know, we usually say, well, that's ah, okay, uh, good special effects. Uh, that's about it, right? But once you understand how to unpack the elements of a movie, you'll be able to say, well, I really don't agree with that author's theme. Or, you know, the redemption story was this, I really don't think that's true to reality. Or I agreed with this part of the movie and the values that was presented there, but this part, no, nah, I don't think so, okay? Some questions to ask. What worldview is the story built on? What worldview is it built on? Naturalism, pantheism, theism. Is the theme and the redemption message true? Why or why not? Is it realistic? Those are some key questions to ask okay, after you unpack the elements and discover the story. What are some common themes we see through in the movies today. Well, you know, one of the dominant worldviews is naturalism, right? Naturalism, what is the worldview of naturalism or atheism? The universe is all that there is. One of the common themes you'll find through every movie is what? The good life without God. That's a common theme. It's a wonderful life. What is the good life? doing good for others and eventually comes back to you. I mean, there's an angel there, but there's really no reference to the creator and his purpose and mission for creating the universe and creating each one of us. Stuff like uh, Saving Private Ryan. We never get the answer, really, right? What is the good life? So that's often one of the themes you'll find throughout many of these movies. Second, the worldview of pantheism. The universe is one. God is the universe, and the universe is God, and we're all a part of God. God is not a person. He's an impersonal force made up of everything in the universe, right? And in the end, we all are absorbed into the impersonal one, okay? or pantheism. Okay? We see that in movies like Star Wars and 
Avatar and cartoons, right? Like Pocahontas. By the way, Pocahontas, if you watch that Disney cartoon, right? She's a nature worshiper, right? An animist. It's kind of got a new age twist. Well, if you study the history of Pocahontas, what? She became a believer in Christ and became a great missionary to her people. Right? But in the movie, she's kind of a nature worshiping pantheist or animist in the Disney movie there. Syncretism, all religions are one. And in fact, many times in the movies, religion often is the problem. One of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. Who was the evil guy? Who was the adversary? Oh, it was the warden. What was the warden? He's supposedly a devout believer in Christ, quoting the Bible all the time, right? Yet he was evil in the way he exploited his people, the way he used them to make money and mistreated them. So often we see religion as the problem. The Truman Show, there's another one where religion is the problem. Existentialism, the meaning of our existence without God. And postmodernism are no absolutes. Reality cannot be known. Classic one there is movies like what? The Matrix. Right? The great question posed to Neil. What is reality? You think that's reality? What is reality? And that's the question we're asking ourselves. Is reality in here? Or is it out here? Do we discover truth? Do we create it? What is it? Okay, those are some common themes you find there in the movies. All right, let's critique some of the movies here. This one, Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Okay, how many saw Avatar? All right, one of the biggest money making movies in the history of the movies. I don't know, has someone surpassed it? Star Wars did? Oh, wow, Avatar. Let's Let's critique this movie together here. What's the theme of Avatar? The blue people. No. <laughs> there are more hands. What's the theme of Avatar? Well, you didn't see it. Oh, yeah. You need to go see it, man. What? Environmentalism. There you go. That's the theme of Avatar. Environmentalism. Okay, tell us why is that the theme. Okay, right. The Navi live on this planet and it's the Garden of Eden. Right? It's the Garden of Eden. And we're asking ourselves, wow, how did they get the Garden of Eden? And deep down, what are we saying? How can we get that? How can we get that back? How can we get it? Okay, now the bad guys in that movie are who? Yeah, the humans, because... Yeah, they destroy the environment. Okay? They're just after money okay? and the minerals that are there and exploit the environment. And so the reason we have the environmental crisis today is you know, because of our attitude towards the environment. So what's the message there? You want Eden? You've got to have the worldview and the values of who? The Navi, not humans. The Navi. The Navi got it right. Humans got it wrong, all right? And the humans are coming in to destroy the environment, the pristine Garden of Eden that the Navi have, all right? Now, who's the hero there in Avatar? 
Oh yeah, that guy. His name is Jake Sully. He's a paraplegic, a former Marine. His brother dies, and his brother was to incarnate into the Navi, so they can penetrate into the Navi and get the Navi away from their sacred tree that has this valuable ore that the humans want. Hey, unfortunately, that tree is the center of the energy of Ewa, the one, okay? the impersonal force of the universe, the force, the energy is concentrated in that tree there that they all kind of worship around. All right. Now, what's the hero's goal in the movie? Oh, not at the beginning. What's his goal? He's paraplegic. His goal is to walk again. And they say, you help us. You help us get that ore. You'll walk again. Okay, and that's his goal. So his goal is to be able to walk again. Now, who is the adversary in Avatar? Yeah, the humans. Okay, Humans are the adversary. Specifically, I think it's the colonel who leads the attack on the planet there, Navi. They want to exploit the planet. Okay? They care very little for the natives and care even less about the environment. Okay? And the thing that Jake begins to, as he begins to discover the Navi and live with them as he incarnates and becomes one of them, one of the things he discovers is what? You destroy the environment, you destroy the Navi. And what's the message to us? Same thing, right? But the humans, too late. Humans already done it. The character has a flaw. Jake has a flaw. What is his flaw? Selfish motives. Okay, what else? He's got the wrong worldview. He doesn't know Ewa and the one, the force, the one of the universe. He doesn't know the worldview of pantheism. He doesn't know Ewa. All right, all he knows is a human worldview, right? Environment doesn't matter. All that matters is money, finances, getting to the minerals. Okay, that's all that counts. He doesn't know Awa, the all-embracing one. He doesn't understand the worldview of the Navi. Now, he begins to live with the Navi, and he starts beginning to understand their worldview. Right? They actually worship nature, because all is one. And they go to that sacred tree there, and they worship, right? They chant like Hindu chanting or Buddhist chanting. Why? They're getting to be one with Awa. Right? And you remember, Awa is not a person. In the pantheistic religions, God is not a person. God is a it. Okay? The force of the universe. The way. The one. Brahma. Whatever you want to say it is. In Avatar, it's Awa. You remember before the battle, Jake goes to the tree and prays. And his wife... The Navi, his Navi wife says, oh, Ewa doesn't hear your prayers. Ewa just is. You know, just is. That's classic pantheism. The God in pantheism is, is the impersonal force of the universe. But as he begins to understand the Navi, he begins to understand why they live in such a pristine paradise kind of the world. Because they have the right worldview. Pantheism. They worship nature. All right? Now, what's the apparent defeat in the movie? Yes? You're pretty close? You're pretty close. What's the apparent defeat? You're real close. Yeah, Jake 
actually wins the trust of the Navi and ends up betraying the Navi. And the humans come and invade, right? And begin to, you know, and that great Awa tree or whatever gets blown up and knocked down and all of that. And they realize that, well, Jake and his partner here were just spying on them and really being a frontal force for the humans to come in and take away their land and their valuable minerals. And they lose trust in Jake and they kick him out of their community, right? But then eventually Jake wins back their trust and there's a final confrontation, right? Where Jake must face the humans and lead the Navi against the humans. And the redemption story is what? Jake comes to understand the worldview of pantheism and becomes a pantheist and defeats the humans with the Navi and then sends the humans back home to their planet and the Garden of Eden, okay? the planet of the Navi is once again protected and they have their Garden of Eden once again. So what's the moral of the story? If you want Eden here on earth, what do you have to do? You gotta become a pantheist. Okay? Get away from your theistic worldview. Become a pantheist. Become a pantheist like the Navi and you can have the Garden of Eden here once again. You want to solve the environmental problems we have here? Adopt the worldview of pantheism like the Navi did. Powerful, powerful message there. But what are the questions we should ask? Is it true? If we become pantheists, will we have the Garden of Eden again? How do we know? If pantheism is true, the most beautiful place in the world should be what? New Delhi, India, right? How many you been to the cities in India? How are they? How are some of the most dirty and diseased cities in the world that you will find because of the pantheistic worldview? Right? You go to countries, you know, we were in Uganda not too long ago. Pantheism has a very destructive effect there in Uganda. They haven't defeated malaria. Why not? They're not going to use pesticides to kill the mosquitoes. Why not? Well, because the environment is more important than the lives of the people. So we're not going to use pesticides. Okay? And they don't. And many of their leaders are trained in the European schools. You know, in the environmentalist movement, if pantheism is true, right? a mosquito has as much value as a human being. Because we're all one. A rat has as much value as a human being. You don't kill these things. And so because they don't use pesticides, people dying by the hundreds of malaria, which we have defeated all over the world, responsibly using pesticides. Right? But in countries like Uganda, they're still fighting it. Okay? You got the wrong worldview there. Is it true? I mean, if it is, New Delhi ought to be the most beautiful place in the world. Okay? But it's not. The most beautiful cities are where? <laughs> United States. United States. Okay? United States. Got some of the cleanest, the safest cities around. Alright? So if we buy into the worldview of pantheism, will we get eaten? No. Alright? There's where you can have a great discussion. Do young people care about the environment? You bet. I bet you that's why Avatar was such a huge, huge hit. Now, does the Bible have anything to say about environmentalism? You bet. How many of you have heard sermons on Christian environmentalism? How many of you have read books on Christian environmentalism? Where is the message? Where is the message out there? Where are 
are Christian environmentalists. We've got the most powerful environmentalist message out there. Where is it? It's not being preached hardly. Where is it? <clears throat> it's hard to invite a young person to a church to hear about you know, sin and eternal life, but you say, hey, we're doing a series on environmentalism. Bet you they wake up and they go, whoa, Christians have something to say about that? You know, when I'm on university campuses and businesses and I'm speaking on Christian environmentalism, man, I packed the house. These people never heard anything on Christian environmentalism. They're really going, well, what do you Christians have to say? Well, I've never heard of anything. All right, let's see. Let's try one more before we bring it to an end. That one. Can I try that one? How many of you saw that one? Oh, forgot? <laughs> About half of you. You guys want to discuss this one? Okay, let's give it a try. All right, The Truman Show. Now, in this movie, there's this guy named Truman who lives in a huge movie studio. But he doesn't know that because from birth, he was born in this movie studio and he thinks this is the real world. And it's a 24-hour reality TV. They filmed him 24 hours a day from the time he was born. And he's like a middle-aged man now. And they have, every second of his life, he has lived on TV in this huge studio that he thinks is the real world, all right? And they put together a house for him. He's got a job and he has a wife. Okay? And that's where we pick up the story, right? He's right in the middle of his life, got his wife, and his job, and that's where the story begins, all right? Now, so Truman is the hero, all right? Now, it's a play on words. Truman really means what? True man, the true man, okay? Now, his, what's his goal? Yeah, got it. His goal is to go somewhere exotic outside of his town, like Fiji, and find his true love. Okay, though he's married, he knows somehow this ain't right. His wife really doesn't love him. And it's true. She's just an actor. right? She's just an actor through the whole thing. So that's his goal, is to go somewhere exotic like Fiji and everything, but, and to find true love. Right? Now, who's the adversary? The director. The guy who created this whole movie studio. And his name is, do you remember? Christoph. Stands for Christ. Off. All right. Now, he's the adversary here who keeps Truman in this studio. All right. And whenever Truman starts thinking that perhaps there's something else out there, I want to get out of this town, he'll send a friend or he'll do something to keep Truman oppressed and in this town. So Truman won't discover true reality that he's really in a huge studio and Truman won't want to escape. Now, Truman has a character flaw. What's his character flaw? He's afraid of, yeah, the water, the ocean. He's afraid of the ocean. Now, to get out of this, this is a harbor town. So if he wants to go somewhere, he's got to cross this vast ocean, it looks like. Now, we know it's a fake wall and all that, but he has to cross the ocean if he wants to get out. But he's deadly afraid of the water, all right? So he, he doesn't dare. And... Another thing is that Truman is also afraid of disobeying the sovereign laws of Christoph. All right, he's afraid of 
disobeying the laws that are created for him by Christoph, okay, the, who's the director of this whole thing. All right, now, as he begins to live out his life, he begins to realize, wait a minute, things don't add up here. Traffic is exactly the same every single day. People talk and do the same thing every single day. And then people act weird. When he starts asking questions, weird things happen. You know, and things like that. So he's starting to figure out, wait a minute, there's something wrong with this world. But if he's going to get out of it, he needs to cross that ocean. So eventually he, he meets a girl and she becomes his true love. And she whispers to him, this is not the real world, right? You're in a studio. Truman, you got to escape. You got to get out. Just then, you know, coincidentally, here comes two people and they rush her off. Take her away off the beach where they meet, right? And she's no longer allowed to come back into the studio again. But he's trying to figure out, is this the real world or is it not? And he wants desperately to get out. But he, in order to, he's got to cross that ocean. Well, he jumps in a boat and he begins to cross the ocean. And what happens? Kristoff raises a storm and it looks like he almost, you know, he, he dies on the boat. But he really doesn't, okay? And then he reaches the end of his world. His boat crashes into the wall and he realizes, aha, this is a studio. And he walks over to the door and that's your final confrontation, right? What happens? Light comes from heaven. The heavens open. And the voice of Kristoff comes in a booming thunder saying, Truman, don't go. I created this world for you. It's safe in here. Out there, you don't know what it is. You've never been outside this studio. Stay here. I made this world for you to enjoy and to be happy. I've given you everything you wanted under my care. Stay. And Truman has to decide, do I walk out the door or do I stay in this safe world here? Or do I take my chances and go out into the world of the unknown? And in the end, Truman chooses what? Yes, he overcomes his fear and he walks out of the studio. All right, what's the theme? What's the lesson? Well, the lesson is belief in God's sovereign control leads to slavery and bondage. That was Christoph. He created this world, but really Truman, living under his morals and values and according to the laws of Christ, was in slavery and in bondage. Human autonomy, getting rid of God and the moral law code and all, that leads to true freedom. And it's better to live in a dark, unknown world, facing the danger and in freedom, than in bondage and safety under the control of some kind of divine being. Okay? And that's kind of the theme of Truman there. All right? Great questions asked, right? Is it true? Is it real? That was some great discussions. Truman has been one of the best movies that I get to discuss with young people. Too bad it's kind of old now. I don't want to see it, but anyway. All right, well, really, any questions over what we covered? Yes. Yes, you know, it's really fun when you teach people these principles and then you say, all right, let's go watch a movie. And you come back together and discuss it. It's really, because then they're all like, wow, I've never watched a movie the same way again. 
and they really see and get some real fun discussions. It's really fun. You learn these principles. Go watch a movie together. All right. Oh, yes. One last question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to Adam and Eve. And for humanists, they'll say that was a good thing that Adam did. Okay. Thank you very much. for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll also find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles and additional audio, for you to listen to or download. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit their website at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers.